What's up? Hey, Julian. How's it going? Good. I'm on. I'm in the biz. Yes. On uh, the uh, Keep Quiet podcast with Colt Dog. How's it going, Good, man? man. Thanks for having me. I haven't done an anchor thing before. Are we live for an audience right now? What's going on? Um, we no, we are not live. Right, we are just recording. There's there's no audience yet. I see. But uh, yeah, uh, so this is actually my second podcast as a host. Uh, what about you? Have you ever been on a, a podcast? What's that? Uh, have you ever been on a podcast? Um, not, yeah, once a couple times, but not not over the phone like this. This is cool. Okay, yeah. Um, my my first podcast, and and for those of you who don't know, I'm uh, based out of Fargo, North Dakota, and. My first one, I had an interview from a lady in Kansas, and you're out in California? Yes, right sir. Okay. And, yeah, that, that's one thing I like about this, you know, is I can uh, pretty much talk to people all over the world, you know. Um, and, actually, the, the uh, last time – or, actually, the first time I met you, we did an interview – um, and you were here in Fargo, and you know now we we don't have to do that. You don't have to come to Fargo, <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and not only do you want to, but you're actually planning on coming back pretty soon. Aren't yeah, you? yeah, about a month from now, I'm on my way back. Okay, um, and uh, I guess there, let's just kind of uh, backtrack a little bit back to uh, to la- about a year ago when. Uh, when you first came to Fargo and we met, mm-hmm. um, you just kind of want to tell people why, why you were even in Fargo last year. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, what I try to do, you know, I've lately started describing as I'm trying to be a nationwide promoter of local music scenes. Um, I think that as, as, uh, the, the music community and population grows, and all of that, there's a need to help people in a local music scene um, connect with a nationwide network of uh, like-minded folks at the same level. So um, uh, I did my, my math and, and my homework, and um, I went, you know, I spent about a year and a half traveling around the country, visiting cities for three or four days at a time, uh, going to open mics, meeting promoters, venue owners, stuff like that, musicians. And then I decided I would try moving to a city for an extended period of time and really get into a scene. And as an experiment, I wanted to go somewhere I'd never been, but somewhere that looked good on uh, as far as all my demographic needs. You know, uh, a progressive community, um, an area that may have to be its own source of entertainment, um, cost of living, uh, all these things, you know, I, I considered. And when, when I laid a map out in my mind, Fargo popped up as consistently at the top of all the charts, including, you know, uh, growing very fast. And so, so I went there knowing nobody, as, as you know, and, uh, and, and rented a room off Craigslist and just started going to open mics for the summer and hanging out with people. And I met you at um, Dempsey's. Um, but I believe we'd been, we connected online a little bit uh, or you'd seen some of my stuff just a little beforehand. We met in person. 
And then, uh, yep. yeah. And, uh, and so I connect with the scene and one of my favorite things is being proven right. <laughs> and Fargo did just that. And then some, you know, I, I, I went there as kind of an experiment as a, as a kind of a litmus test of some of my ideas and, uh, you know, certainly didn't make an enormous splash in the time I was there, but, um, I did connect with a few dozen people, um, and get a little press for, um, for the Red Raven as I did that ukulele world record open jam thing. And uh, you're a big part of that. And so, mm. you know, I consider you in those few dozen people, uh, you know, there's, there's some enthusiasm on the local level in your community and, and you're a big part of that. Yeah. It, uh, well, and like I said, um, yeah, I know you're, uh, uh, your, your, some of your posts online, you know, it's kind of what kind of sparked my interest, you know, and I, just kind of, you know, I was kind of like, huh, okay, what, uh, what's this guy doing? What's he got up his sleeve? And, um, and yeah, it, uh, it was actually cool because, uh, you introduced me to, uh, uh, Devon from, uh, right. Young Thoroughbreds who, he was another, uh, another local rapper here in Fargo. And it's just kind of weird how, how, uh, you know, like you were the one who kind of, you know, like brought, brought us together, you know, or whatever. It's just, just kind of weird, but yeah, no, you definitely, uh, you know, impacted, uh, some people around here. And, um, speaking of that jam, uh, yeah. this year, what, uh, I believe it's going to be, what is it? June, June yeah, 10th yeah. or something There's like that. There's that coming up. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually I was, uh, talking with the local, uh, drummer yesterday and he's saying that he's excited about that. And, uh, which, brought me to uh the question have you ever had uh anybody bring a drum set up or how does that work well um yeah sure sure totally i mean I'm, in other situations sure i have never actually been a part of what we're trying to do with that open jam before um it's it's one of those world records that uh it's a little bit contested right now as far as who has it um, if you look at uh, Guinness World Records, for instance, they say it's this 50-hour event that happened in the UK, but there's a place in Australia that claims 150 hours with no verification of any kind and very little press. And then there's another place that played um, about 60, 70 hours, but I've been unable to confirm exactly when they stopped, and it looked like a very haphazard not well put together event from everything I saw. So, so right now I feel like um, a new standard, a reliable standard for the open jam world record is, is something that should be done or could be done right now um, in this situation. And so doing a 72 hour jam open jam at um, the cellar as part of we play in Fargo week as kind of the grand finale I think it serves a dual purpose of establishing a new standard, reliable standard for that world record. But then also um, it, it kind of exposes the Fargo community to what a 24 hour a day live music event can be like. And that's pretty what pretty much what I'm trying to share with people by way of all this world record stuff is what it feels like to have music going 24 hours a day in one space consistently. It's a it's a unique way of putting on an event, and it's very exciting. It's a it's a event with some excitement that you cannot find in any other way, and so 
um, I kind of like showing that off to people. Yeah. And, uh, well, I, and I know you just mentioned, uh, the seller, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and actually, uh, last year when you were here, um, I believe we, w- we went to an open mic, uh, at the front street there, which is, uh, the main level, uh, above the seller. Uh, and you were actually the one to get me out right. there and do my first open mic. <laughs> That's right. Uh, with, with, uh, the, the, the crop dusters or whatever. And so, yeah, so that, I mean, I was, I was a little nervous, you know, whatever, but I, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get up there. And so, yeah, he was playing just some sort of, some sort of West coast beat. And I just got up there and yeah, that was my first time doing open mic. And then a couple weeks later, when you were doing your 30 hour ukulele, I, I got up there and, and freestyled with you for a little bit. So, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's really crazy to see how, you know, you came in here and, you know, you, I mean, at least, you know, you inspired me to, you know, kind of get off the, the bench and onto the court, you know, and, and a lot of others too. So it's only going to be uh, growing this time around. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. It should be a good time. Yeah. I think, I think it's a pretty exciting phase too, you know, and as far as uh, kind of connecting with the Fargo scene, what I like is no matter what, with all these efforts, there's now a community in California that's watching a community in North Dakota because I went there and I'm very public and share a lot of everything I do. And then my hometown community in Michigan, this, this Chico community, my hometown and Fargo, there are now people in both all three, even some in new Orleans really that are kind of following these adventures and learning about these communities in other places that they wouldn't otherwise know about. And and for me, you know, as I kind of said when I first got on with you here, is is that's 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 kind of my focus and goal. And it's a little overarching and a little reaching and ambitious, I guess. But you know, I when I start to see those things connect in a solid way and have see people's understanding of a community shift because of events I'm doing, that's like that's the juice, man. That <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and, and, and since you just brought up events, um, I want to get to your uh, thousand hour event uh, here in a second. Yeah. Um, but uh, real quick, before we uh, finish up on this topic here about, uh, you know, when you were here in Fargo, um, I remember last year, you know, when you were right in, like you were right in the middle of your 30 hour ukulele jam and I just got off work and I got there at like midnight or so. And so you, like I said, you're right in the middle of it. And I walked in and, uh, and, you know, I, I got some of it on footage, you know, and it, and it was amazing because, uh, for me just being and living in Fargo and being a musician or rapper myself, uh, I, I enjoy all sorts of different music, but, uh, I just, you know, I don't get out a whole lot and, you know, you can't be everywhere at once. And anyway, when I walked in, like I said, you had Devon, uh, from the young thoroughbreds in the corner and, he just had a big old smile. He was rapping. And then you had like a singer. Um, and I don't know what there, what, what other instruments were there? Uh, we had, we even had washboard that night. Yes. Yes. That, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, oh yeah. And then, uh, wasn't there a lady playing the violin? And you know what? Exactly. Exactly. Maya. And you know, that, the that's the thing. Um, that's what I mean by these 24-hour events. And, and I remember I remember distinctly, yeah, from that midnight to about 4 a.m., which was great because that's sometimes the very hardest time in a marathon record attempt to, to stay focused and, and engaged. 
But from midnight to about 4 a.m., about a dozen people, all pretty much strangers beforehand, showed up and jammed together and left good friends because we'd done a cool thing. And many of them came back at yeah. like about 6 p.m. the next day when it finished. And we all kind of had like a group grand finale together. And so that's, you know, okay. yeah. That, that's why I did it. Exactly why I did it for those. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, like I said, the, a lot of that, uh, I mean, some of those music, and like I said, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't planned, you know, it wasn't rehearsed, you know, I mean, it was just, it was all improv. We're just like, hey, get up here, grab your instrument, you know, do your whatever you do, just bring that to the table and just have a good time. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it was like I said, with all that talent up there, I mean, man, I was just, I was amazed. Yeah. It was, it was really something. It is. It, something yeah. Special. And you know, I found that when you do events that kind of take a group effort in some way, um, it's a good filter, man. You know, the, the people that, and it's all good if somebody wants to just focus solely on their career and not, uh, really work in their community or something like that that's okay you know it's just another way of doing things and nothing to be said against that hustle but when you do stuff in a community that takes a group it tends to um, be a really great filter for bringing only awesome pay- people to the table you know that's that's part of why I enjoy these these things is is only people with kind of a a, a work together mindset you know, participate in the first place. Yes. Okay. Um, well, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, let's, let's go to this uh, thousand hour event. Yeah. Uh, you want to tell us about that? Sure. Uh, well, uh, before visiting y'all out in Fargo, um, I, you know, I was a local promoter here in Chico, California, and uh, just kind of, doing various projects. I had a super group and a documentary and stuff like that, that I put together. And then, um, then I, I put on at the, what I doubled the world record with a concert for a uh, longest concert in, in, in the world. And it went, um, 813 hours, uh, basically five weeks or so. And, uh, here in Chico, and it was, more than twice as long as the Guinness world record. And though they ended up denying us, we broke that record again the next year and went 16 days, didn't double it, but just beat the prior record again. And we verified through record setter, different agency. And so, so we did our two concerts and I, that's where I kind of discovered, you know, what I call the spirit of the thing uh, regarding these events and so I was, you know, um, so now what I've been planning, I had an investor approach me in the fall, last fall, about doing an, another event, and we've landed on doing a third concert. So we're doing another longest concert in history, but this time we're, we're, we're breaking our prior initial record of 813 hours and going uh, 1,000 hours exactly for six weeks to be that event that breaks that four digit threshold, you know? Okay. And, and that is, it's going to be completely uh, like streamed online or. Exactly. It is. There's no, there's going to be no live audience, um, uh, but only uh, online. So that's the way we decided to work it now is at this stage of the game, you know, it's been called Chico breaks the record and Chico strikes back before. And it was for the Chico community. Um, and now as this kind of 
third evolution, you know, uh, third incarnation is we want to see how we can present this to a global audience and focus on that. And so uh, to do that, um, we, we decided to make the event uh, an online only live streaming event uh, by way, you know, we, going a thousand hours, we're also going to more than double the prior world record um, for uh, longest online live stream as well. So, okay, and, and when, when is this? So this is July 14th to August 25th. And okay. it's on uh, worldrecordsofmusic.com. We'll be able to direct you there. And in, in we will be you know, live streaming the whole thing for five bucks for people uh, all over the world. And our focus really is all over the world. I want to get five dollars. That's it. That's it, my man. <laughs> five dollars. And, and the best part is, is we're going to archive the footage to uh, validate our claim for longest concert in history to the public online and that footage will always be available. If people buy during the live stream, um, they, they, they will have access to it after the fact. Um, there'll be a little bit of break in time and we'll start to sell it to people, you know, after the events long over um, and they'll be able to buy it online to, well, we will store it online, but they can listen to it online um, uh, for five bucks as well. So in years to come, we hope to, continue to sell kind of online copies of it but yeah it's that's oh, oh okay that's okay hold, hold on i'm still i'm still trying to wrap my head around this so so th this concert it's going for six weeks straight correct for six and, weeks straight yep and for five dollars you can watch it online for for those six weeks yeah. i mean as long as you want yeah for, for five bucks yep and you can purchase it for five dollars after the fact yes but you know we we really want people to get it when it's live um so there will be a break in time before we allow people to have it after the fact um for five bucks but yeah we want to get the hype going and and you know i once had a buddy tell me it's better to try to earn a dime off 10 million people then try to earn a dollar off 1 million. And there's some wisdom to that. To, so when, when yeah, $5 is cheap. I'm sure that we could get more for the high quality live stream we're trying to put together. The partners are bringing in on this um, to create this live stream. It's going to be really nice, but we want it to well, be. Yeah. And I mean, for, yeah. for $5, I mean, you'd be a fool to not, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, look at, Look at some of these pay-per-view fights, you know, boxing or MMA, yeah. you know, I mean, some of these yeah. fights go go five minutes and you paid a hundred dollars for that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And this is gonna be a closed set. I kind of describe it to people. Our vision is something like a tiny desk concert meets Austin City Limits. So we're gonna build a nice little stage and a set for them for the acts. And they're gonna be playing to an online audience, you know, but it's it's not gonna be chintzy, you know, it's gonna be Nice and and well decorated and presented as well as we can. We don't want anyone in the room when recording because we don't want the band to for a second start to play for anyone else than the online audience. Sure. Huh. Okay. okay. Wow, that's we want to be distracted even a little bit. You know, so we're putting sure. everything into putting on a really good show. So, you know, one of my business partners on this says that five dollars is as close to free as you can get. 
And yeah. so, exactly. So we want to get it as close to free as we can get, a very low barrier of entry, but then market and put it out to the, uh, a global audience. We want news of the event to reach 100 million people around the world. And then beyond that, we hope a very small percentage of them will actually spend the $5. And then that will take care of the acts. And we're kind of, we're, we're, we're actually trying to embrace something of a paradigm shift in the way live music is delivered to the consumer, you know, and say like, let's try this crazy six week. You don't get a very good uh, demographic or, or, or analysis of the possibilities when you only do a one night show and try to charge for the live stream. But if you go six weeks yeah. to a global audience, you're really starting to be like, okay, we can really kind of play with this and experiment with how to popularize it and then really take a good look at how, how it grows and how popular the idea is to a large number of people over a large span, uh, you know, big span of time. So, you know, yeah, we're doing something that's never been done. It's a little experimental. I had one friend say, if you get 10,000 subscribers, I will be shocked. And I, I understand that, but even that is enough for this to be a success. But we have a minimum goal of 100,000 subscribers with no maximum. Sure. Um, and so do you, as of now, do you have uh, all the acts filled or like, you know, say if maybe no. Colt dog wanted to, to perform in this and head down to Cali, you know, is that yeah. something uh, you're, you're, still openings? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, we're at that phase right now where the website was for world records of music, the, the agency I pretty much represent and, and direct it, it the website just dropped and we have about three months before that concert begins. So in the past, I've organized something like this in under two months from scratch. And we have a whole lot of promotional work already done and a lot of interests. Our focus is on drawing talent from outside the Chico community. That's our focus. Sure. We've done it sure. in Chico enough, but now, you know, I got what I'm calling kind of team leaders so like in Fargo, Gina Powers, she seems to be really leaning towards being the person to, to caravan everybody out after we play in Fargo week. You know, I got to go come back to Chico and help prepare for this. But then when it starts, you know, she wants to lead some musicians out from Fargo uh, to be a part of it. And I want to lead. We got people from Portland. I actually just confirmed with a venue between Chico and Portland that is open to me helping them book talent that's on tour between the two spaces. So I'm starting to kind of open up these touring options for artists on their way here. And it is a paid gig with residuals. We can't know how much that'll be because it's all based off, you know, viewership. But if yeah. we reach our hundred thousand dollar, a hundred thousand viewer mark, we, that would, that is a minimum $200 an hour for the acts. Wow. That's not counting tips and merch and other things we're including them on. So we're trying to get the acts as much as possible so it's an easy sell for them too. And if we end up with half a million viewers, then that's you know that's a thousand dollars an hour for the acts plus every year you know what we're able to get to them as well. Wow, that yeah, that would be amazing. Something <laughs> like that. Huh. So there's really we want every act to want to actually want to sit there at their computer and think of everyone they want to share it to. More than just like wait for something to go viral, like put a financial interest 
in making something yeah. go viral. Yeah. So yeah, right now um, the schedule to answer your question, the schedule is very open. Right now I'm just communicating with team leaders that are just getting their community kind of jazzed about it. I know that three and a half months or three months, you know, most people don't want to plan any further out than that with music anyway. So we're kind of in that sweet spot where people are beginning to open up to touring maybe three months from now. Um, but, you know, they can't plan too far in advance and not not too quickly, you know, too soon. So, yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, and uh, I uh, I know I wanted to bring this up at some point because um, it was it in February, I believe I challenged you to a uh, CD sell off. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I figured I'd better be humble and bring that up and admit that I got my ass kicked. <laughs> um, it's no fair. Yeah, you know, I yeah. and and actually the the funny thing about this is um and and earlier we were talking about uh your ukulele 30 hour jam uh last year in fargo and uh like i said i i came there at midnight and then i had to go work for a couple hours and then i came back at like four or five in the morning and uh there's still a couple people there and i remember i got up on stage and right i think right before i did my little freestyle um and actually when i was up there doing my freestyle with you playing the ukulele i mean like i said that was you know totally unrehearsed and for whatever reason like it just i don't know it just felt good and like you know now i want to get up there uh and have a live band behind me at some point but um i i remember uh we were just having conversations you know you were just sitting there jamming and i i didn't start freestyling yet so we were all just kind of kind of talking and i mean like oh it was it was great we had some i mean just great conversations and one thing I remember is uh, Devon from uh, Young Thoroughbreds. He said, uh, you know, like you, you basically can't sell CDs, like unless you're at a show, you know, like if, if people don't hear your music, they're not going to buy your CD. Right. And I would say I have to kind of admit to that because I, I didn't have like a CD release, you know, so it was hard to, to just kind of cold sell, you know, your CD.